It's Sweets from Your Voice First podcast. Today, we're taking a peek at a Pew Research study. Five things you should know about Americans and their smart speakers. With over 25% of all Americans owning smart speakers in their house, we can now take a look at the trends of the early majority on the innovator's curve. Let's get started. Number five, some owners try to be polite when addressing their smart speakers. More than half, 54% of smart speaker owners report that they ever say please when speaking to their device, including about one in five, 19%, who say they do this frequently. And while the shares of Americans who say this trend to be similar across many groups, there are some notable differences by gender. Women are more likely than men to say they have at least occasionally said please to their smart speaker. Women, 62% say please versus men, 45 that say please. From a pure etiquette point of view, experts were split on whether politeness was required. From today.com, a human being should not feel obligated to express gratitude to a plastic speaker with internet access, said Thomas Farley, also known as Mr. Manners, who frequently shares his etiquette advice on today at least until the devices can experience true happiness or genuine disappointment. As an aside, have you ever typed thank you to your browser after it delivers the web results you sought? So to look at Devil's Advocate on the opposite side of that, Lizzie Post, who's the co-president of the Emily Post Institute, believed people should be polite to their AI assistants because such behavior encouraged more courtesy in other parts of their lives. It's really important not just to devolve it's really important not to just devolve into commands. It also helps us be more polite within our own families, households, and work environments when we are practicing politeness on a regular basis, Post said. She and Farley both agree that it's a good idea for parents and young kids at home to say please and thank you to their smart speakers. It displays respect towards all contributors to a household's comfort and contentment, including the electronic ones. Does any of that matter to Alexa and Siri? Not at all. Yet. Four, Americans are wary of data from smart speakers being used in criminal investigations. In a recent Center report, 49% of Americans said it is unacceptable for the makers of smart speakers to share audio recordings of their customers with law enforcement in order to help with criminal investigations. Just 25% said it is acceptable. This contrasts with some other data use practices measured in the survey. For example, 49% of U.S. adults say it is acceptable for the government to collect data about all Americans to assess potential terrorist threats, while 31% believe this is unaccessible. Eighteen percent. It's just about one in five smart speaker owners say it's important that their smart speaker takes into account their own interests and preferences when responding to questions or commands. 38% say it is somewhat important, and 4 in 10 people who own a smart speaker, so 43%, say it's not important or not at all important that their device is personalized in that way. Looking ahead, a majority of smart speaker owners also are not seeking more personalization. 
different groups of respondents were asked about their desires for their performance of their speakers in the future. In one group, 58% of smart speaker owners say they would not like their speaker to do a better job of taking their interests and preference into account. So 58% don't want their smart speaker to learn more about their own personal interests, compared to 42% who would like speakers to do a better job taking interests and preferences into account. People, it looks like, do not want their smart speakers to do more and to take more context and to just kind of ambiently scan, which is very interesting for the Internet of Things where one of the benefits is this passive tracking and this passive knowledge gathering. So in the second group was asked a more detailed question, whether they would like their speakers to do a better job of taking their interest and preferences into account in the future, even if that meant it would need to collect more personal information about them. That last little part was added on, even if that meant it would need to collect more personal information about them. Only 33% say they would appreciate their interests and preference being taken into account, even if that meant more data was collected, while two-thirds, 66%, say they would not like that. So in the second group, we take it a step further and say, yo, you uh, are going to be giving them the ability to collect more personal data. Because even, even if that meant it would need to collect more personal information about them. So when given very directly, yo, this is going to collect more information about you, people are less likely that they want that personal data to happen. So the thought that we have on media, in mobile, in uh, web right now, that Google is looking at everything that we do on Google Chrome and then putting ads in front of us based off of what we like to help us out, but also to help out the sellers. People don't want that kind of behavior to be adopted on voice platforms. They would prefer, even though it means less customization and less personalization, it looks like based off of this Pew Research Center study, people don't want their data to be used to update the content, which is very interesting and I am curious to see if this will change over time. As more people become aware of this technology, and as a result, they come to expect more of this technology. Number two, just over half of all smart speaker owners are at least somewhat concerned about the amount of data collected by these devices. 54% of smart speaker owners, which amounts to about 13% of all U.S. adults, say they are very or somewhat concerned about the amount of personal data their smart speaker collects. Although smart speaker ownership varies, privacy concerns among those who have these devices are mostly similar across demographic groups. This is one of the biggest concerns I hear from smart speaker owners and clients of our agency is that people are very concerned of the privacy concerns. What is Amazon doing with our voice files? Is Google listening to them? How are they using them to affect me? How are they using them to affect my family? Is that information being shared with other parties? It's big up in the air concern. I think that this is going to be big in 2020. Amazon and Google are going to have to figure out a solution to this because I really doubt the U.S. population is going to shift. But those are kind of the two options. Either Amazon and Google stay firm and adoption just continues to grow despite this pushback. Or the pushback gets louder and Amazon and Google have to shift or risk losing business. Number one, 
smart speaker ownership varies across demographic groups. One quarter of U.S. adults say they have a smart speaker in their home. However, ownership of these devices varies, especially by age and annual household income. Adults younger than 50 are more likely than those 50 and older to say they have this type of device around their household. So under 50 is 29% likely, whereas older than 50, 19% are likely to have it. And while around one-third of Americans living in households earning 75 k or more, 34%, say they have a smart speaker, that share drops to 15% among those whose annual family income falls below $30,000. This data point in particular about income is very interesting to me because VoiceBot, in their most recent healthcare study on consumer adoption, they say actually the opposite about income. They say that the youngest, the um, lowest income earners are the highest users of voice technology as well as the highest income earners. This study says that increasing income increases the likelihood of smart speaker ownership. Now, what that may mean is that this study is focusing strictly on the hardware, the smart speaker, in which in order to buy the speaker, you have to pay the money, which then makes sense that only those with higher income have these devices. While the voice spot study may have focused on the smart speaker, I'm sorry, not smart speaker, the voice assistant. The voice assistant lives inside of people's Android phones, their iPhones, as well as inside of smart speakers. So the barrier of uh, price, the, the, the cost barrier to entry, doesn't exist with voice assistants, where you can have a much higher adoption of lower income groups, where they might still have access to that assistant on their Android or iPhone for free. Just a little bit of thought there. If anyone has any other thoughts on this argument, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. Data from this episode is provided by Pew Research Center, as well as today. You can check out links to the sources in the show notes. You can also follow us directly on all social media at Voice First AI. And if you want to contact us directly, look in the show notes and leave us a voice message and we will add you into the show. This is Sweets signing off from your Voice First podcast.